Please listen carefully. Welcome to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast, telling the world how we think and do through the support of our friends, alumni, and more. I'm your host, Taylor Pardue. On this episode, we're joined by Adam Compton, NC State's Executive Director of Annual Giving, to learn about the important role this area of private support plays in the university's extraordinary mission. Thanks so much for joining us today, Adam. Uh, tell us a little bit about, just to kick things off, you are an alum here at NC State. Uh, tell us about your life leading up to coming here, what you majored in and everything, and then now as an alum coming back as an employee. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for having me. You know, I grew up pulling for and going to every single home football and basketball game for UNC Chapel Hill. Okay. I, I thought I was going to go to Chapel Hill, but they didn't have an engineering program. Hmm. You know, multiple generations before me all went to Chapel Hill, yeah. um, those kind of things. My brother was there. But I wanted to be an engineer. Okay. And that part of that is, you know, I grew up on uh, in rural North Carolina. I grew up on a family farm that we had been farming since the 1800s. Was highly involved in FFA, which is the Future Farmers of America. And But that gave me exposure to NC State. Mm-hmm. It gave me exposure through the extension program and our outreach of all the things that we were doing. And so I was always kind of interested in NC State. Sure. And wanted to be an engineer, so came to NC State as an engineer and did a couple years in engineering and found out the hard way that engineering may not be the best thing for me. There, there's a class called statics. And I think my, my advisor said, oh, everybody fails at one time. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those classes. And, you know, I failed it the first time and went through it again. And um, I think it was a seawall class and I got a D plus. And, you know, my advisor was like, well, you know, after statics comes dynamics. And dynamics is just statics, but in motion. And that really got me thinking, okay, where do I ultimately want to end up? And decided, uh, you know, from my agriculture background that I wanted to move into ag business. And so I kind of sat in this really interesting degree where it was agriculture business. It, all my classes were basically at the Poole College of Management. And then I got a minor in political science. I thought what I was going to do at that point was agriculture policy work, moved to DC, decided ultimately, you know what, I don't want to move to DC. My brother's in D.C. I don't want to follow in his footsteps and, you know, was ended up just kind of looking for a job. I was one of those over-involved students here at NC State and frankly stumbled into a job in development. You know, and I think, you know, somewhat is that's the story of, you know, those of us that often work in development is, you know, we just kind of start looking around. And you know, for me, it's been really a rewarding experience to, to work in development and see the progress the university's made in the last 10 years. Um, you know, I started in as a full-time employee uh, November 15th, 2010. Okay. So pretty much graduated. I did some political work in between really did, yeah. and then went straight into working for the university. Did frontline fundraising for a little while, held the special projects role or worked on a variety of things and then ended up in annual giving, which is where I've found my passion and really found an opportunity to what I feel like is giving back, you know, it, mm-hmm. having attended NC State, it changed my worldview in a lot of ways. It it gave me so much into kind of how I think about things and um, really kind of fundamentally altered and changed who I am as a person. And so having the opportunity to give back is through working for the university and helping to raise funds and tell the story of NC State. It's just, 
you know, it's a, a rewarding experience, but also just a really kind of unique one, I think. And something that, you know, hey, I can make a career out of this. You know, I never thought I would be here as a full-time employee for 12 years now. Um, something like that, 12 years. And yeah. so it's been, a, it's been a great opportunity. And it's really fun working in advancement and in annual giving just because there's so much constantly changing. And, and that 12 years, I mean, you've seen so much come and go to the Think and Do the Extraordinary campaign. And just uh, life in general has changed so much here at NC State with Centennial Campus, the boom that's going on there, uh, Hunt Library, all the different things that have taken place. Tell us a little bit about, you know, if someone doesn't know what annual giving is, what is sort of that 30,000 foot view of what all's involved, how people can get, uh, you know, involved with that as well? Yeah, so campus has changed so much in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You, you really look back to the arrival of Chancellor Woodson and the vision that he set for this university. He built a strategic plan. It was a strategic plan that you can really point to and look at and say, okay, this is where we're going. You know, love or hate the U.S. News and World Report rankings. <laughs> um, you don't move up as many slots as we did if you're not doing something right. <laughs> and, you know, it. I think, and, and, you know, some folks may disagree ultimately, you know, we used to be an easier campus to get into, but a harder one to get out of. Oh, I think yeah. we've really kind of changed some of that momentum in that we are, frankly, hard to get into and much more built around student success mm-hmm. and built around how do we make sure our students are successful in what they're doing. But then you also have got, you know, the, the land grant mission. You've got a tier one, high intensive, whatever Carnegie classification they're calling it this days, um, research university. And part of the reason why, and I'll tie this all back to annual giving in a second, why I also work for the university are there causes and things that I ultimately believe in that I believe will start in the academy the solutions. You think about things like global climate change, uh, obesity. You think about all of those things. They're gonna, the solutions are going to start in the academy. The students that are coming through here are going to be the ones that solve cancer, are going to be the ones that you know fix the geopolitical issues that we're having. And I think NC State is, in a lot of ways, on the forefront of how we're thinking about things that that think and do really it's applying that in everything that we do. And then our students are not only going to leave here and go out and think about things, but they're going to go out and solve those problems. Mm -hmm. So just like our professors are doing groundbreaking research and coming together in these cluster hires, you think about, I think food insecurity is one of those and global hunger. You think about it, like we produce enough food every single day to feed the world, but it's geopolitical issues. It's supply chain issues. It's shelf life of things. Mm -hmm. It's all these things that come together. So you bring professors together from all of our different disciplines, and that's ultimately what can solve or start the pathway to solving hunger. And we bring our students together through this interdisciplinary interdisciplinary way. And I think to me, that is part of the reason that that philanthropy is so important. One of the things that I've heard Chancellor Woodson say is we can be a good university on state funding, but it takes philanthropy to make us great. Mm And where that really starts to, to shine, I think, is in annual giving. And what I mean by that is there are things that we want our students to do or we want professors to do that we need current cash for to do now. Mm-hmm. So student walks into a dean's office and says, I've gotten the opportunity to interview for the Goldwater Scholarship, mm-hmm. but I have to fly across country to interview. I can't afford that flight. The dean can say, well, I've got dean's enhancement fund money that is unrestricted that I can help you do that. Yeah. 
we know that when a student takes part in any of our high impact learning experiences, so that's undergraduate research, it's um, a living and learning village, it's study abroad, it's all of these things. When a student does one of those, every measure of success goes up. Yeah. We see it. We see their academics improve. We see their retention rate improve. All these different measures. But it's oftentimes the difference between philanthropy and a student being able to do those things. So it's a similar story. It's, you know, I want to study abroad. Sometimes a $1,000 study abroad scholarship can mean the difference between a student studying abroad or not. Yeah. You look at it from the lens of recruiting the best and the brightest students. If we have funds that help to support those, when we elevate the conversation in the classroom, it helps everybody. Mm-hmm. And so by having the best and the brightest students here on campus, when you think about it, you know, we're losing students right now to other institutions from the, the lens of like, they're offering me more money. Yeah. But NC State may be the, the institution that they're ultimately better suited to go to. They wanna do some of the, the STEM focused or are some of our specific programs but they're going to UNC Chapel Hill. They're going to another institution because they're able to provide more funds and it's a need-based opportunity. Yeah. By meeting those needs, we can ensure that we have the best students here. We ensure that they have the greatest experience. And often what I argue about with annual giving is we're providing the dollars that do that today. Hmm. Um, you think about, you know, we're in a highly intensive endowment-focused fundraising operation. And we have to be because that's the, the long-term uh, validity of or the long-term stability of these programs and so you know chancellor Woodson arrived our endowment roughly 450 million dollars fast forward to today over a billion dollars and so it's working we're raising money we're able to permanently in perpetuity support these things but we're always going to have greater need we're always going to have current need for things you think about an endowment you know somebody donates fifty thousand dollars to the university mm-hmm. Every single year, that's going to spin off, you know, a couple thousand dollars to support that scholarship. There's still going to be current use needs. There's going to be priorities that come up. And that's where annual giving is filling that gap and supporting, you know, what those current use needs are, the chancellor, the deans, of other leadership so that they can meet our needs today in coordination with that endowment money that they know that they have guaranteed. And so that's why I think it's so important, the work that we're doing, because it is it's elevating our campus. You see the power of philanthropy. You know, one of the things that I've, I've had, I've been fortunate and able to see over the last 10 years is how philanthropy has just fundamentally changed this campus. Oh, yeah. Like it started with leadership, but philanthropy is definitely driving so much of our ability. You look at, you know, vet school, an incredible vet school, one of the top, you know, five. And I think it's it shifted around a little bit. Yeah. But last time I looked at it, every university above us was like 100 years older in doing the in a vet school program hmm. but you look at what randall terry and others have done for the philanthropy at that school it's it's just changed their trajectory and, and ability and yes great leadership all these things kind of come together but philanthropy definitely helped that and so i and you weave that throughout every part of campus and that's why i tie it back to giving back to a certain extent like hmm. i can help to see other people um i can help to influence or be part of something that really changed my trajectory so tell us a little bit about how someone can become involved with annual yeah. giving. It seems like a great open door for someone who may never have given to the university before to start out with a small gift and work the way up and really impact, like you said, areas all yeah. across campus, people all across campus. But tell us a little bit about how you get started with annual giving. Yeah, you know, annual giving is really about starting to identify your passion and what do you ultimately care about and making an impact in that area. And it's the collective power. 
So you think about, you know, for me, you know, graduate of the College of Ag and Life Sciences, had a minor in political science, was overly involved as a student. I think about when I, I'm giving back is what are the programs that had an impact on me and yeah. changed my career? And that's why, you know, I support things like the libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, I support things like um, the College of Ag and Life Sciences. And, you know, I support different areas. Ultimately, I'm not a major gift donor, but I'm giving to areas that had an impact on me and I'm able to come together with other donors and have that larger impact. We, you know, have been fortunate enough to visit the vet school and have just amazing experiences. And so we give back to the vet school. And it's when those donors really come together. It's that, you know, everybody giving, you know, $10, $100, $1,000 that adds up to have that collective power that meets some of those needs that we're talking about. And so I think, you know, when I talk to donors in particular, you know, sometimes you'll hear, you know, I'm not Lonnie Poole. I'm not Fred Wilson. You know, some of these names that have had, you know, that made transformational impacts on our campus. Why does my... $10, $50, $100,000, whatever it may be, make an impact. And it's, you know, it's the combined power of that. You know, sometimes you have those conversations with donors and you say, well, you've made a gift for 50 years to the university. Add that up. Yeah. And it's like, there's your, that's a major gift. Um, You know, and and that's had an incredible impact on our campus. It's also about educating people about this impact that philanthropy has had and helping to understand the power of philanthropy Mm -hmm. and what it's doing on our campus. And so folks that want to get involved, you know, I encourage them to to make that text test gift, you know, give to an area, start to learn about what, you know, the impact that you're giving and your philanthropy is having. Start to, um, you know, start with identifying your passion and, and pick that area and then you'll learn more and you'll start to receive more information and get more involved. And it's just a great like entryway into the university to raise your hand and say, hey, NC State did this incredible thing for me. I want to pay it forward. I, I want to get deeper involved with the university. What's that process look like if someone yeah. is uh, exploring the idea of giving? You know, who do they talk to? How do they get started with that? You know, our office is always willing to help, um, you know, help donors identify where they want to give. You know, we are always running, you know, we've done, we're doing a lot more of, you know, cause-based campaigns and trying to, you know, highlight some of these things like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like, you know, we're going to do in this next next fiscal year, highlighting more research um, in some of these different areas. And so, you know, looking at some of the stuff, you know, frankly, Email, text messages, uh, direct mail. Yeah. We, we're pushing out a lot of messages, but also, you know, going to give.ncsu.edu, exploring that website that has all of those information on it. Each college has, you know, there's tons of resources for a donor to find, or a potential donor to find out about, you know, where to support the university mm-hmm. um, and start to identify their passion. But there's also, you know, my team, other teams across campus, they're always happy to have that conversation. When I when I started to make a gift, you know, when I said, you know, I called up one of the development offices and was like, I want to support, but like, where should I give? And, you know, yeah. they were great to hop on the phone and, you know, and just quickly kind of talk through and kind of help guide me in a way that was like, you know, these are your passions. Like, here's some funds that might align with that. Because yeah. we have, what, 7,000 funds that it's, somebody could support yeah. at NC State. And, um, but I guarantee there's something that aligns with your passion or something that influenced you as an alum or a student or your child or, frankly, the community around us. Yeah. I interviewed uh, Vice Chancellor Cisco on our last episode, and he compared it to the Cheesecake Factory, the menu of just, it's page after page, and it really is, there's there's a way to connect anywhere you want to on campus. And Absolutely. if there's not, I mean, we're always happy to uh, work with someone to start, you know, a new fund, yeah. something like that. But, um, so, annual giving, obviously, it's right there in the name, annual giving yeah. every year, even if it's just a little bit. Um, 
tell us a little bit about Day of Giving. That has become an annual tradition now. We're just coming off another record-breaking event this fall or this spring. Tell us a little bit about that and how that plays into annual giving's uh, overall impact. Yeah, so um, Day of Giving has become one of those times when campus rallies together to talk about philanthropy and the power of philanthropy and you look at you know every social media channel, every piece of marketing communications, you know our staff, everybody's coming together to really talk about philanthropy, and it's become this you know signature mark of you know what philanthropy means for NC State and how. But it's also become a really great way for donors to raise their hand for a specific area. So we highlight you know three or four hundred of the seven thousand funds on day of giving, and it's a great way for the donors to kind of find you know because a lot of times when we're communicating to people, we're saying you know, hey Adam, you graduated from the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. We're making an assumption that you probably want to support the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences because yeah. sometimes it's it's how do we get the right thing in front of you or what's the thing you're most passionate about. And day of giving really gives donors that opportunity, but then you also have these like fun gamification elements. Yeah. That really drive, you know, that we see so many people get excited about and it's, you know, they want to see their college, you know, at the top of the leaderboard. They want to see the, the program that they were involved with, you know, win an extra share of, you know, challenge funds. And it's that yeah. competition element mm-hmm. um, that people really respond to. And it's insane or, you know, amazing or whatever word you want to use to see donors making 100 gifts yeah. on the day. Uh, but just as exciting to me is, if not more exciting is that donor that makes their first gift and uses Day of Giving as that entry into philanthropy and says, hey, this is something I'm passionate about. This is something I care about. Um, I want to see them succeed. I do it through Day of Giving. And it's become a great tool and opportunity for people to say, hey, this is what I want to support. It helps us. And, you know, it's you look at, you know, this is way in the weeds. And um, but you look at, you know, the points of the year when we raise the most annual giving dollars. And it's now become December when everybody is thinking about making a gift. You know, there's there's that natural kind of tax deadline that a lot of people are giving about, you know, and but it's also the season of the when people are really thinking about, oh, I want to be charitable, I want to support different causes. Everybody's asking. So that's always been a natural point for us. Day of giving and March now have become a rival to December. Wow. In our um in in our when it used to be like, you know, you have December and then it's just kinda the oh, rest of the year is is tough, um, sure. and so it's created this natural peak. And what we see is also, which is I think will help us more in the long term as you think about fundraising, is donors identifying more areas that they want to support and really leaning more into that passion side yeah. of their philanthropy. I think what's great about having you on to talk about this subject is not just because you're the executive director of this, but also your longevity. Like you said, you've been here for twelve years. You, an incredible 12 years. I mean, you've seen incredible things happen um, from the Think and Do the Extraordinary campaign and during COVID as well. You know, you've really seen the importance of continuous giving and, you know, the, the impact of our one-pack mentality, you know, really rallying around everybody. Talk a little bit about how Day of Giving has, um, like through the Student Emergency Fund and different things yeah. like that, has really driven interest into these areas when we really needed it the most. Think about Day of Giving and the impact that it had on some of the things, our most pressing needs. We talked about annual giving oftentimes as stepping in to, to meet those most pressing needs. Yeah. Well, we had a pressing need. We Students' lives were turned upside down with COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them, you know, were told, 
you know, during spring break, we've got to close our residence halls. We've got to do all of these things. A lot of them, you know, were on campus employees. They were counting on those funds of things like dining halls, like the gymnasium where they worked being open. And we got suddenly a request for student emergency funds. So we had the student emergency fund. You know, we were one of the few universities that had already established one. So we weren't yeah. in the process of trying to establish one. We already had a great process set up to do grants out of the student emergency fund. And I don't, I, I'm never going to get the numbers right. Um, and maybe at a future ex- episode, you should bring Mike Ginkola in to talk a little bit about this. Absolutely. Um, but the grants and the ability and the number of students that needed support yeah. and said, hey, I could use support for this reason. I, I, I got to move. I got to I got to find a new job. I need something to bridge that gap. And wow, did our alumni respond. Yeah. You, and I, again, it's, you know, we had a ton of grants come uh, requests come in and we were able to fill all those grants. You know, mm-hmm. it was we weren't like some universities that were in a situation that had student emergency funds that were then saying we've got a wait list. Yeah. We can't support you. We were able to answer that call and provide for those students. I think we even went into a second round because COVID went on, you know, continues to go on to this day of, you know, where students were still trying to figure things out. They had found short term, you know, we all thought, oh, we're going to go home for a couple of weeks yeah. and then we're going to be back. And, you know, fast forward two years later and we're still coping with COVID and, and its impact on campus. And so, you know, we had a September day of giving which was, you know, extraordinary for us. It was a rescheduled one from March. And we didn't really know what to expect going into it. Sure. And, you know, we raised a lot of funds for some of our most critical needs and some of the things that were really like the student emergency fund, like diversity, equity, and inclusion, and everything that's going on in the world, that was going on in the world, not only today, but at that time yeah. in particular, and, and our need to make sure we're meeting that need. And then you do day of giving in September, and then we turn around and did it again in March. Yeah. And then in March, we raised you know $58 million, which was at that, that time the record-breaking day of giving mm-hmm. in, the, in the country for a higher ed institution. And yeah. that just speaks to how our alumni respond. Yeah. That when, when there's a need and there's you know an opportunity, they, they just respond in extraordinary ways. And you look at the campaign. Yeah. We, you raised $2.1 billion. You know, that in a lot of ways, we if you look at NC State's history in fundraising, I would argue in the last 15 years, maybe, maybe less than that now, um, that we've professionalized our fundraising operation. We knew that, like Chancellor Woodson said, we could be a good university on, on state funds, but really to make us great, we had to go out and start raising money. And so to think about, you know, to go and raise $2.1 billion, we launched with a public you know we launched at a billion dollars that was that was an extraordinary milestone yeah and then we came back around our goal being 1.6 and raised 2.1 and that puts us in i think as our our athletic director said rarefied air um of other public universities that have hit that level of fundraising it's but it speaks to what's going on Mm -hmm. at nc state and you know you look at and it starts with our students our faculty members our leadership and just all those you know all boats rise or as tides rise, whatever analogy you want to yeah. use, it's we're firing on all cylinders. How, whatever that analogy is, yeah. like that's what's happening at NC State. And you look at the impact that that's having today and the impact that it will have tomorrow is going to pay off in 10 times the dividends. And, you know, it's, it's incredible to have day of giving to play a role in that 
and to, to meet those needs today, to start to build and get people thinking about philanthropy for NC State. We see people that come in through Day of Giving that make their first gift and then go on to make major gifts. They yeah. go on to say, hey, I want to go I want to go deeper with my yeah. investment. Um, and so just those pieces of that puzzle and just how, you know, I, I think a lot of universities saw a downturn in fundraising during COVID. Sure. We really didn't, and that's because of not only the need, but the impact that we're having and how our alumni and friends and parents responded. I think you mentioned something that to this note earlier, and I think this is my favorite part about Day of Giving and just annual giving in general, is the fact that it's brought people on campus together to talk about philanthropy, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, thankfully I was able to come to NC State without having to worry about uh, financial assistance or anything like that. But, you know, I understood that scholarships and different things were part of other students' lives. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. I didn't have to worry about it, and I didn't, you know, wasn't plugged in so much yeah. with what I should have known. But now with Day of Giving, now with Annual Giving, and just with the campaign and all of it, we're really talking about that one-pack mentality of, you know, here is how you can be part of helping all ships rise together and that sort of thing. And really just rallying around each other during COVID and, you know, now sort of post-COVID, the time that we're in. Um, tell us a little bit about the importance of Annual Giving moving forward. Uh Vice Chancellor Cisco mentioned it in the last episode how people think we have this big pot of money now and it's just, you know, it's in a safe somewhere and we just go draw out cash dollar bills whenever we want. But talk about how, um, well, he mentioned earlier that that was not the case, obviously, and it's, you know, it it goes towards our larger budget and we still have so many needs. Talk about the importance of annual giving going forward, how that will remain uh, an important part of philanthropy here at NC State and just the annual giving department in general, you know, what what the future looks like for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, annual giving is going to be a important part of this university mm-hmm. for in perpetuity because there's always going to be needs to meet that our most pressing needs. There's always going to be opportunities to, to fund things to, and frankly, sometimes, you know, experiment with things and understand mm-hmm. like, is this something that wants to be a fundraising priority for the university going forward? Okay. You know, is it, are there opportunities to test it? I think, you know, you think about something like to meet all of our needs for our need-based students. If we said, you know, we want to meet 100% of the need, it would take over a billion dollars in cash yeah. to do that in an endowment. Um, and so we've got a long way to go to raise those funds. And, you know, what, how can we meet those needs now? Uh, I think things like that are what annual giving is going to help with. But also you think about, you know, a professor has an idea. They they go to their dean. We're, we're going to have those opportunities where we just need to continue to fundraise for. And as we think about going forward as a program, we want to get more effective at personalization and speaking to people who they are and where, you know, their passions are. You know, we, as I mentioned earlier, make some assumptions right now. And how do we get better at that? How do we get better at communicating to Adam, the individual? How do we, you know, understand, you know, what are the ways in which Adam responds to people? Um, And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not that phone call from the call center. Maybe it's that email. Maybe it's that text message. And really starting to kind of lean into more of that. And, you know, one of the exciting opportunities as well as this, you know, merger between alumni and annual giving and how that's really going to allow us to have one strategic plan and one goal going forward of what does it look like to kind of engage with the university. I look at it in some ways like a funnel and at the top of the funnel sits these two departments and if we're working with one strategy, bringing people in and, you know, helping them to engage deeper with the university, the impact that's going to have and the ability we're going to have to reach more people and the ability we're going to have to 
talk about philanthropy and share that message. You know, like yourself, when I was a student here, I didn't really know about philanthropy. Mm-hmm. And how do we change that narrative? How do we, our students are extremely philanthropic. You look at yeah. the Krispy Kreme Challenge. You look at Shackathon in the Brickyard. All these things that they raise money for. And how do we help them see that NC State's a philanthropy? Yeah. How do we help them see that, you know, there's tuition, there's um, other revenues through money, licensing, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. There's state funding, and then there's philanthropy. Yeah. And the one that, frankly, in a lot of ways that we can have the most control over our ability to grow is philanthropy. Sure. And, and, you know, you, we've seen the writing on the wall around the country of, you know, universities that have invested in this and the ability, their ability to kind of continue to excel and meet those needs and, and to be great. I think those are the opportunity to combine, you know, annual giving, major gaps, and really as we start to think about these pieces of our fundraising operation and our ability to um, really meet our donors where they are, to meet our donors where they're most passionate about, and meet our alumni and constituents that, you know, there are ways to engage in the university that doesn't necessarily mean, I say this as an annual giving person, that doesn't necessarily mean philanthropy. Yeah. You know, that there are opportunities to get back and get involved and be in a connected alumnus um, without just writing a check or, you know, what, you know, going online and giving, I guess is really, yeah. you know, I don't know who has a checkbook anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, and so it's, but what we see is oftentimes, you know, when people engage with us, they become, you know, advocates for us. You know, whenever I met with an alum and when I did major gift front, front lane fundraising work, I kind of always said three things for him. One, you know, your philanthropy makes an impact, you know, that if it's giving $10 or a million dollars, it has an incredible impact on this university. That, you know, we have ways in which you can volunteer and engage with this place and, and it is impactful and has an, And if you're interested in learning more about that there, like there are, it's the Alumni Association, there are ways to get engaged and reconnect with alumni and those type of things. And the last one is that ability to be, to share the message about what's going on at NC State, that, you know, we can spend what we want to spend in our brand and marketing and all those different advertising strategies but just as powerful sometimes is that alum talking to a student about why they should attend NC State, mm-hmm. talking in their community about the impact that Extension has. We're, we're the only school in the in the state that has a reach in every single county within North Carolina. Yeah. That impact I saw that NC State had on my dad as a farmer and, you know, the support and the research that was being done through the Extension office, that, yeah. you know, are ways in which we go out and reach the community um, but also how we're changing the world and, and those things that we've already talked about that are going to start in the academy and the NC states of the world are going to be the ones that, you know, push it out and actually solve those problems. And so that's the really the unique thing and the thing that I get most excited about and, and philanthropy's influence on all those. And it, it starts with annual giving yeah. and, you know, that that provides the funding for today and helps to offset and, and endowments help to offset and, you know, support those things. I always think of it like uh, the Marines. If you once a Marine, always a yeah. Marine. When you graduate from here, you're always a member of the pack. But and I think we've seen it a lot in Day of Giving with not just people coming from all 100 counties to give. Numerous states all across the country, uh, you know, all around the world, different countries that we see uh, rally around us at that time. But you know, when you have really helped a fellow student, helped your professors through giving, however you do it, you're even more so a member of the pack. You really feel a connection to this university long after you walk off the brickyard and everything. And it's just really great to see, like I said, that one pack mentality. We are always still in this together. And I think annual giving is a great way to show that. Absolutely. Um, I always try to ask everyone, I actually have a two-parter for you now. Awesome. So I always try to ask guests, 
what's your favorite thing about NC State? And you are so uniquely qualified with this because of, again, that longevity, that being an alum, being an employee now. But uh, I'll make it easy and say favorite things okay. about NC State. You know, to me, it's really that think and do yeah, mindset and everything that we do. And, you know, I would not be as passionate about NC State if it weren't for the way in which we do things. And, and like I've said, there are things that I care deeply about. And I believe those solutions are going to start at NC State. And the way in which we're going to solve them is going to start here. And to me, that's one of the most unique things about NC State. And just that our ability, it's not just, you know, you think about some some areas of the academy, you hear about the ivory tower, and it's just going to sit in the ivory tower and never really leave. Yeah. Well, we have the academy, we have this amazing thought leadership that's happening. And then we have the ability to take it and move it out. It's that think and do. Mm-hmm. It's what we see in our alums. It's what we see in our students. And to me, that's the the best thing about this place. You know, I am extremely, the other thing I will say is I'm extremely jealous of the students and what they have today. You know, sure. I graduated, you know, so we had the bond referendum of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so what that resulted in was a period of construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so NC State was in this like constant stage of construction. You know, Hunt Library came online after we left. Um, you know, we had Tally come online. Now they've got the new Carmichael gym. They've got, you know, renovations, athletics facilities. You've got DH Hill Library that yeah. as I was walking in today, I'm like, this place has changed so it's much. Changed so much yeah. And is, you know, it, it had really great things when we were students. And now it just continues to grow and evolve. And you hear about the other things that are happening. You know, it's, I think that's the other cool thing about our job is, yeah. you know, to continue to see what's going on on this campus and, you know, be a little jealous of oh, yeah. those students that are getting to walk these bricks and trip on these bricks and all that kind of fun stuff. I graduated in 2012 and yeah, I think I was like the last class to graduate before the new Tally Center came on, uh, yeah. came online. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm an employee to get to come back and see how much it's changed because yeah, private support large, uh, largely has helped this university really transform into just the cutting edge research area that it is now and just uh, yeah, it's great to be back on campus. Yeah, for sure. So the other one, the other part of this question is, just as a personal anecdote for you, I have been told that you are a very big uh, barbecue connoisseur, <laughs> and uh, just tell us a little bit about that. I think you have your yeah. own barbecue sauce. <laughs> so uh, it was my roommate and I when we were in college. Um, we're doing some catering and cooking for different things, and he was from one part of the state. I'm from the middle of the state. And we just got together one night in the kitchen and developed our own barbecue sauce. And um, we, at one point, were selling it and Mm. and doing those kind of things, you know. And we could have an entirely separate podcast (laughs) talking about barbecue and passion for barbecue, you know. And um, now it's just kind of become this kind of friends and family thing that we produce and uh, give out occasionally and and that type of stuff. But it's just a, you know, that's part of that melting pot of North Carolina, you know. You've got this East versus West, you know, in terms of what is barbecue, what part of the pig. But then you, you take it, you know, barbecue outside of just, you know, North Carolina and you go to Texas and it's brisket. You go to other places, it's chicken or, or whatever part. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's some of that melting pot of, of America. And, you know, one of those things that I love about barbecue and um, is the, you know, that wherever you go, it, it's part of like the DNA of who people are and oh, yeah. like that area and just what the history of that area. And you, it's, um, it's just unique. You know, I, I know there's some very traditionalists that are like, I only eat 
you know, the shoulder with North Carolina, you know, whatever sauce. And I'm like, nope, I want to know what is the barbecue for your region yep. and your area and try it out. There you go. So, Adam, thank you for so, so much for taking the time out. I know you're incredibly busy, but um, this has been great to talk to you about and looking forward to hopefully having you back on in the future episode to hear more about what all we've been able to think and do together as a university. But thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. To learn more about how you can support NC State through annual giving, visit giving.ncsu.edu. If you'd like to hear even more stories of Wolfpack success, please subscribe to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast today in the Apple or Google Podcast stores, on Spotify, or through Stitcher. Be sure to leave us a comment and rating as well to let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening, and as always, Go Pack!